Welcome to the Remarkable Dentist Podcast with me, Fred Joyle, where I interview amazing dental practice owners digging into their successes and failures, their insights and hindsights, getting their views on where dentistry is going, and discovering what it took for them to become remarkable. Welcome to the Remarkable Dentist Podcast. My guest today is my dear old friend, superstar dentist, Bill Dorfman. Uh, I could spend most of the show just telling you all of the things Bill has done or been involved in or achieved in his life. We're going to get into a lot of them, but just to give you an example, he's uh, starred on Extreme Makeover and The Doctors. Uh, he has uh, over a million Instagram followers. No other dentist in the world has that many followers. Um, he has is a star dentist in Beverly Hills. He has many uh, celebrity clients. Uh, he does really interesting things in in marketing his practice, very unique things. He also co-founded Discus Dental, which started the whitening revolution in dentistry. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about his Leap Foundation that he formed, which is another amazing thing. What's most remarkable is he's only 32 years old. Oh, wait, it's, he only looks 32 years. I've misread my notes here. Uh, Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's funny when you said my old friend, Bill, we are old, Fred. We're 62 now. And yes, we met yes. when we were in our 30s. Yes, we met in 86. And a lot of dentists who, go, who are listening might be going, I wasn't born then, which is always disturbing when you hear that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. One of my, my great regrets was... Uh, very early on, and you and Robert Heyman, your partner in Discus, offered me a chance to invest. Invest, and and I, I said no. I, I don't think that's going to work. So uh, it's I've funny. Been wrong before, I drive, I've drive by the old one eight hundred dentist office location by the freeway there all the time, and I remember that first day when I met you and your brother and your little office. You had like twenty employees. I I must have been dentist number six or seven or something. Yes, you were you were one of the first uh, wave of 800 dentist members um, and, and stayed on for a really long time. But eventually, Bill, just uh, such a successful practice, uh, you didn't need us. And and uh, that doesn't hurt that much. But, you know, it's but we've we've gotten to do so many things together. We've gotten to do 800 dentist commercials together. Um, so a blast. My yeah. favorite one, I'm just going to tell this little anecdotal story because it was so funny. So um, you were responsible for me getting a SAG card. And for dentists, you don't know what that is. In order to work in the industry, you need to be a member of SAG. And it's not easy for us to do that. However, because Fred was producing all these commercials, they uh, invited me to come and do this commercial. So I was super busy. And uh, they sent me what are called the sides. That's basically your lines. And it was a lot, you know. Um, I didn't really memorize it because I figured, well, we'll do that in rehearsal, right? So I show up on the set. There were an excess of 100 people on the set. They were filming something from that was supposed to look like a Woody Allen movie. And they had artificial rain coming in in this old movie theater by uh, Fairfax and Beverly. And... Um, you know, I walk in and I go up to hair and makeup and da da da, and I come down and we put them in our places. And the director goes, "Action!" And I yell, "Cut!" Okay, first of all, <laughs> you're not allowed to yell, "Cut!" Number one. Number two, what do you mean, cut? I'm like, "Well, we haven't done rehearsal yet." And they looked at me like I was on drugs. Like rehearsal? There's no rehearsal. <laughs> you're an actor we work on the no 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 i'm not an actor i'm a dentist <laughs> pretending to be an actor and they're like no action so it literally took i had to learn on the spot and it was a lot of copy i, I think it took me a good half hour to actually get all the words right um and it was quite an experience and i never did that again by the way fred yeah, you were always kind of prepared after that. I always came and I knew my lines. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, we've we've watched the industry evolve significantly over the years. You know, you started in the industry when uh, television advertising didn't even exist. Uh, and television and, barely existed. Yeah, it was black and white, you know, and only two yeah. channels. Uh, but but you have you have done so many interesting things to successfully build this. Uh, I want to call it a celebrity practice, but it's it's also just a thriving general dentistry and and cosmetic practice. Now you're you got involved in cosmetics very early. I would say uh, you were one of the first uh, really uh, strong proponents of AACD. Uh, you, you really seize that opportunity. What, what what drew you to that? You know, doing root canals didn't make me happy. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know, you could sit there and do the perfect crown on tooth number two. Your patients don't care. But when you take somebody who has a cleft lip, cleft palate and has never smiled in their life and you can surgically repair their lip with a plastic surgeon and you can cosmetically restore their smile and give them a beautiful dazzling smile and you see the tears in their eyes that hit home for me you know and not everybody I mean I know there's a lot of guys that you know, men and women dentists that love to do endo or love ortho or love pedo or perio. That's great. You know, that's the cool thing about our profession. You can do you. But for me, it what hit home for me was transforming people's lives and giving them the, the ability to have the confidence to really smile and 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 be proud of their smile. I see where you could get really hooked on that because it, it and, and of course, from a marketing standpoint, I know that builds a practice because you are sending all of these people out into the world whose lives you have transformed. I, I remember so many people saying when you were doing Extreme Maker, they, everybody would say when they did this person smile, that's what, what changed the person the most because they did all sorts of other stuff. Well, um, let me tell you something. I, I can quantify that for you, Fred. The Nielsen ratings, the detailed ones come out on a minute by minute schedule. They know every single minute of that TV show, who's watching, who's not watching. I always got the highest ratings on dentistry. Not me, but dentistry did. Why? Think about it. 99% of the people that watch that show will never see a plastic surgeon will never have a weight trainer, will never have a stylist, will never have any of these things. They all go to the dentist. They all have teeth or at least need teeth, right? <laughs> so so some what, teeth, yeah. what we were able to do on, on that show in dentistry was really enlighten people and educate people and take away a lot of the mystery and the fear. And that's why the dentistry was always the highest rated part because Everybody could relate to that. Yeah, and, and the cases were always profound cases. But as you say, people could sit there and envision that happening for them. And it, it, it began what I would say was nothing short of a revolution in cosmetic dentistry. I know we, we just saw the number of dentists who were doing it and the number of people who were getting it just just skyrocketed from that show. There was nothing else driving it except the, the awareness that was created of what a profound difference it makes when you can restore your smile. I'll tell you something, ABC embraced that notion so strongly that when we started the show, people had to go through a psych evaluation, then they would see the plastic surgeon, and then they would see me. They reversed the order. First, they saw me. If I couldn't do their teeth, they didn't even spend money with the psych evaluation and the plastic surgeon because they realized that no teeth, no makeover. 
Yeah. And if so, yeah, if it was too complicated, too long a case, you weren't going right. to be able to get it we, done for the we, show. Right. We we had to turn the, the longest they ever let me turn a case was eight weeks. And that was when we did orthognathic surgery on a class three malocclusion. But everything else was done in one week. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So serious turnaround. Uh, and, and so you do something else that's very interesting in your practice, which I, I didn't know about for a long time. And that's you've capitalized on a foreign language in your practice and, and really have for a long time, haven't you? Well, I mean, capitalize, you know, I was very fortunate when I finished dental school, I got to do a residency in Lausanne, Switzerland. So I'm fairly fluent in French. Um, probably half of the people in my office are fluent in Spanish. And my laboratory technician, who's there full time, is fluent in Farsi and, um, and uh, also speaks um, uh, French as well. So when we don't want patients to know what we're saying, I can speak to her in French. But that has, that's been a, bi a big practice builder, yeah. And you generally have had an associate who was French speaking as well for a good part of the time. I did. Uh, and that's why it's, even though I only lived there for two years, when I came back, I practiced with a fellow who spoke French as a first language for several years. So I got to really continue and and um, and and, you know, remember French. Um, the, the two things I love to say I got from living in Switzerland uh, besides the great experience as a dentist, was uh, I learned to ski and maintenant je peux parler français and avant je peux pas. <laughs> I know what you said, because I studied French, even though I don't speak it well. Um, but for our listeners, this is a really important marketing tool because people would say French, why, why, why French? Why not Spanish or something like that? It's because you don't need a hundred thousand people, you need a thousand people, 500 people in the practice. And what happens is that community talks to their community who says this dentist, this practice speaks our language. People love to speak in their native tongue when they're dealing with their health and, and something they're anxious about, like their teeth. I have a friend who, who has a whole Chinese segment of his practice. Uh, it's it's a great way to grow a segment of your practice. And, Absolutely. and, and um, I imagine those patients are extremely loyal. They are. And, and you're right. And, and so before we go into I want to go into some other stuff. But one of the, one of your real passions is uh, this foundation that you've created uh to help people, uh, help young people in particular, called the Leap Foundation. So give us, give us. I've been involved in it and been uh, amazed at what happens in it. So I want people to really know about this because you, you come from a place of tremendous generosity. You're one of the kindest people I know. First of all, I don't think I've ever heard you say a bad thing about anybody, uh, which I, I could teach you how to do that if you if you want to learn, but. For now, let's 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 help people to understand this leap found out this amazing organization. Well, uh, let me bring you back to the beginning. And I usually don't do this, but since we're all dentists on this, um, you guys will know where we're coming from. Um, Walter Haley, itsy bitsy Walter Haley was his nickname. I don't think he was five foot tall. Was an insurance salesman in Hunt, Texas, and for some unknown reason, a large contingency of dentists started using Walter as their insurance guy. And Walter quickly learned, and this was back in the 80s, that dentists don't know anything about business at all. In fact, business was like a bad word in dentistry back then. Like, you're supposed to make money? Oh no, that's not okay. So Walter started something called Dental Boot Camp, where he literally taught dental teams how to be profitable. Well, it became kind of cultish in a way, in a good way. Um, and a lot of the people that participate said, you know, these ideologies are really good. And I wish my kids could come to a program like this. 
So he started a foundation to teach students, young students, the same skills. Um, I, we had done work with Walter in the Crown Council, and so he asked me to come as a mentor. So as you come to LEAP as a mentor, I went to his program as a mentor for many years. Unfortunately, Walter passed away uh, 14 years ago at the age of 85, and when he did, the program left with him. And I thought, you know, this is too important to really not exist. So we rebranded it, we made it LEAP, we made it a nonprofit, we moved it from Hunt, Texas to, uh, to UCLA, and we put on a really robust, fun, exciting program every year for the last 13 years. Now, unfortunately, this year it had to be virtual. But the thing that's really warmed my heart the most about this, Fred, is not only for my friends like you and other people who have come and given time, but you know, listen to this lineup. Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Paula Abdul, Eva Longoria, Kathy Bates, Michael Strahan, Usher, Jason Alexander. Um, I mean, I can go on and on and on. And these people come and speak for free. Kevin Nealon, um, Seth Green. I mean, because they, like me, believe that, you know, the youth of America are our future. And, and the, the, the part that would really shock you probably is how candid they are. I mean, Mark Wahlberg got on stage and talked about being a gangster, a hoodlum and being thrown in jail and what he did to transform his life. You know, kids today sit there and they compare their deepest, darkest insides to everybody else's bright, sunny outsides. <laughs> and they don't realize that celebrities have problems. You know, yeah. and, you know, Anthony Hopkins will tell you alcohol almost destroyed his life. He's a big supporter of AA and is very unabashed about talking about that. So it's a great opportunity for kids to get a real dose of reality. And we teach things at LEAP that they don't learn anywhere else. For instance, appreciation. And I'm sure you have some of these. These are appreciation notes. You know, I have a collection of those. Them, They're fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And we tell the kids, you know, when you're at LEAP and somebody does something you like, you, you write an appreciation note. Well, our last live year, we had 400 students in the program. And I got 400 I appreciate notes. And those notes were priceless. And 99% of those notes would say something like, hey, Dr. Bill, I appreciate LEAP and your whole team because you changed my life. And I know we did. Now, I said 99%. You know why? Because 1% of those will say, hey, Dr. Bill, LEAP saved my life. That's and true. I know I get, it did. I got chills thinking that, about it because I, I saw it happening. Yeah. Um, let, let, so what, for people who are wondering exactly what it is, it's five days, right? Uh, Hold on one sec, Fred. Georgie, my daughter's here, so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wait, come closer. She just got yeah. her hair done. We have oh, a special guest. Goodness. So if you're only listening on the show, you won't be able to see Georgie's new hairstyle. We're oh, gonna... Georgie, show them. Okay, sure. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hi. Wow, it looks fantastic. It looks great. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm beaming. Oh, careful. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, Leap, five days, right? Where they, and, they, and it's in residence when it's live, which it has been, and I, and I think we're hoping to do a combination this year. Right. So, so tell us all of the details. So, it's students age 15 to 25. The next program will be July 18th to the 24th at UCLA. Um, we're going to use the stage there and hopefully we can at least put like 50 students in the audience. We use, usually have 400. If they want information, go to www.leapfoundation.com. But what we do at LEAP is Hang on, I just want people, I'm going to put it, don't worry, I'll put that in the show notes. So the dates and, and, and uh, the, the URL, so you'll be able to find it. So, Great. Yeah. 
But the, the thing, the thing that, that, that I think we're known for is we teach these students things that they don't learn in school, but they need in life. I mean, we teach them public speaking. We teach them how to communicate. We teach them networking. We teach them how to write a resume, how to apply for a job. I, I mean, I can go on and on. I do a whole thing called the hundred year lifestyle on lifestyle and fitness and, 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 you know, and just staying healthy throughout your life. Well, and you talk about how to, how to think about manage your time, manage your money, how to, how to have manners. I mean, there's a whole section on how to be a respectful person through that. I mean, it is all of these, so many of these things that they don't learn. And then, as you say, it is these you have so many featured speakers. Now you mentioned the celebrities, but there's people from all walks of life, people who've written phenomenal self-help books who show up there and, and speak to these kids and, and give them insights that, that, Hey, I wish I had at 35, you know, or yeah, 40, yeah. some of these things. So it's a tremendous gift and you see them transform. A lot of them get sent there by their parents and they're, they're really resistant on day one. And, and Bill and I, and, and the rest of that involved, we sit back and we, we wait because we know they're going to come over to our side sometime in day two, some the hardcore yeah, ones, maybe yeah. day three. Well, you know that the biggest thing since I took the program over, when we originally did it with Walter Haley and Steve Anderson, 99% of the students there were sons and daughters of dentists who begrudgingly had to go, right? Now, maybe 5% of the students come from dental families, 40% of the students come from families that are affluent enough to pay for them. 60% of the students come on scholarship. So it's quite a process to get a scholarship. And I'll tell you something, we hit the ground running. It's not like the old days where we had to kind of warm up to them and get them to buy in. You know, that 60% that come in on scholarship are so raring to go, it's contagious. And then the, even the 40% that are maybe, you know, kind of sitting on the edge come in and, and they're kind of pushed over the edge right away. Yeah, well, I, I, I had the tremendously satisfying opportunity of speaking at LEAP uh, two years ago, the last live one that we did. And, uh, and I'm, I've written a book on how to cultivate the superpower of boldness. So that was my first time getting up speaking about it. And I, I told them how to create it for themselves. And I said, you know, one of the things I said is you got to do some simple exercises like that, that teach you not to worry about being embarrassed, like wear a bandaid on your face, even though there's nothing bothering you or there's no cut underneath it. And don't explain why you're wearing it. We come back after lunch and there's a dozen kids with, they found band-aids and they put them on their faces. It was, it was so interesting because as a speaker, the dream is to be in front of people where you can reach out and touch their lives. I mean, that's why we do it. That's why you speak, you, you're trying to help people have better careers and better lives. When you look at 400 kids riveted, sucking in everything you say it's it's a peak experience i gotta i gotta tell people who who are, who are thinking of sending their kids or one or sponsoring a kid you may know somebody whose kid really could use this or you just want to look at at something to donate to the leap foundation as bill says they they do about 60 percent scholarships this is a heck of a thing this is to do for somebody this this changes their whole the trajectory of their whole life thanks fred so uh let's talk more about uh, the industry itself, what, what surprised you about dentistry when you first got into it? Um, it's funny because <laughs> this is so bad, but it, it, it's still shocking to me. You know, I think you get into it thinking, wow, the biggest challenge is going to be dealing with patients. You know, take, you know, their fears, their insecurities, their, you know, that, that 
pales in comparison to the society we live in today. The hardest part of business now, employees. <laughs> it's crazy, especially in California. Oh, yeah. It's literally a joke. I mean, I used to love my employees. I was friends with my employees. I hung out with my employees. No more. I don't even talk to them. Honestly, you, you, you can't hug them, that's for sure. You so. can't tell them they look pretty. You can't. <laughs> if you walk in and you sell, oh, my gosh, you look stunning today, you get sued. <laughs> like, what kind of freaking world are we living in? I don't even talk. I talk to my chairside assistant and my office manager. And other than that, I don't even talk to my employees. And it's it's I, it's kind of sad to me. Yeah, I liked it I better the old way. I liked it better when they were my friends, where I really felt like we were a family. Now, I just feel like I'm their their payroll <laughs> provider, you know? Like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to know anything about you. I, that, I, I hate that part. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. it and it's just, it's, it, it, and our legal system, that's, a, that's even worse. I mean, it's just ridiculous what you have to do today. And I don't like that. Yeah. I still love dentistry. I love my patients. I embrace them. I hug them and I tell them they're beautiful and it <laughs> makes me happy. I would never say that to my assistant anymore. And that's sad. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, we've, we've been around dentistry long enough to, to watch all of these cycles of change. Uh, and it's, that's, that's really one of the most difficult ones because you're trying to build a, a culture where everyone is friendly and, and, and feels like a family and is supportive and stuff like that. And suddenly that's, that's become incredibly risky. Uh, and that's that, that from a marketing standpoint, I look at that and say, that's hard because the, the patient's going to pick up on that. This just feels like a very professional environment. The, the, the warmth is, is taken away. And, and that helps people to accept dentistry when they feel that environment. And, and if you can't do that, it's, it's going to hurt that experience of, of uh, you know, I'm, I'm always promoting the remarkable patient experience. That's part of it is they 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 feel this warmth yeah. and trust and friendliness from the team. And I mean, in your team, you're doing it with your patients. But when you can't do it with your team, it's problematic. It, it, Fred, it, honestly, some aspects of it, I'm sorry. I just think it's ridiculous. I have a friend who's a manager at Target who literally was put on notice to get fired because he used the wrong pronoun with one of his employees. He literally yeah. said, can you please go tell him to do something? And that person didn't identify as a him. He wanted to identify as a them. Right. And they get this on their name badge. It tells you what pronouns you can use with them. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just not down with that whole program. Sorry. Call me old fashioned. <laughs> I just think it's crazy. I, you know, it's 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 the trajectory of, <laughs> of where things are going. I, I was just on a, a Zoom call with a, a dental school and in their Zoom name, they in parentheses had their pronouns um, so that you would know uh, ahead of time because the, the school has learned to protect themselves. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so you talk about uh, Discus Dental, uh, the, 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 the course of that business, because you're uh, one of the founding partners. You know, you and Robert Heyman created that. I think we're going to do you want to talk about what you and Robert are cooking up next or is that still a secret? I think it's in the secret sauce, but I will talk about some next things that are coming out this year that are exciting. But let's go back to the discus story. So it's kind of a fun story, Fred. I, I found this pattern in my life where every time I have actually committed to doing something purely out of philanthropy, it's ended up making me like a lot of money. And that was <laughs> never the intention. So as you know, 
I am an avid fitness man and I'm at the gym every day and I'm working out. And this is back in um, 1988. this woman, Cynthia Hearn, walks up to me. I didn't know her and says, uh, Dr. Bill, would you like to help raise money for children's cancer research? And I wasn't wealthy. You know, I was just starting off. But how can you say no to that? Right. <laughs> so I'm like, well, yeah, you know, um, what do you need me to do? She said, well, you are a dentist, aren't you? And I said, I am. And she said, you're single, aren't you? I'm like, I am, and that's weird. She says, well, we're doing a bachelor auction at the MGM Grand, and we need 10 bachelors that we will sell to an audience of 1,000 women. I kind of felt like I'd already committed, so I'm like, okay. It was horrible, stupid, embarrassing, and humiliating all at once. But the good thing that came out of it was the guy who was embarrassed next to me was Robert Heyman. I didn't know Robert from a hole in the wall. Robert's the son of Fred Heyman. Fred Heyman created Beverly Hills. Fred Heyman was the mastermind who made Rodeo Drive, Beverly Hills, Giorgio Cosmetics, 273, and on and on and on. Robert grew up in that industry. That was his DNA. And Robert was also an MBA. So he had a very strong business background. He knew manufacturing. He knew cosmetics. And with his experience in that and my experience in dentistry, we created Discus Dental. and We put our first whitening product out, which was Night White. And, you know, Night White didn't explode. It did well, though. But we did, you know, our first year in business, we did 2 million, 4 million, 8 million, 16 million. And we grew and grew and grew. And it kind of plateaued um, right around 2002, 2003 at 76 million. And then boom, I got an extreme makeover. And that year it jumped from 76 million to 101. The next year, 136. And the following year, almost $200 million in sales with Zoom. So it was an amazing experience. You know, the two things I really stress at LEAP is I always tell kids, don't wait for opportunities in life, make them. You know, if you sit there waiting for the universe, you can wait forever. You want an opportunity, make it. And number two, when you do get an opportunity, don't take it, master it. And there's a big difference. Look, when I first got on Extreme Makeover, I stunk. You know, just like I'm sure the first time you got in front of the camera, but I was smart enough to know how bad I was. So instead of continuing to stink, I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompting classes. I hired the woman who worked with all the kids on American Idol and I had her put me in a mock interview situation with real interviewers to teach me how to interview, to teach me how to do what you and I are doing right now. You know, and I worked in it, I worked on it and I worked on it because my goal was to be the best version of me I could be. And it worked. I mean, it worked. Uh, You know, our company grew and grew and grew as a result of it. Well, and you discipline is a, is something you have been very dedicated to uh i look at leap and and how much work goes involved in 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 creating that and it's it's a you've got a whole team that's disciplined in creating it you're very disciplined about your physical conditioning if if you want to see something amazing become one of bill's million plus instagram followers and and see some of the videos that he's done his his physical gymnastic capability uh, is is even better than mine, I would say, by by maybe an order of magnitude or two. I mean, he is for for any age, not his age. He's in unbelievable shape. Uh, and and it's from the discipline, from the dedication to it. Uh, and uh, it's it inspires people. Uh, I believe that there's a push-up contest at Leap every year that uh, none of these pumped up, hyped up kids manage to beat you at. Um, and so uh, that 
discipline it, that idea of mastery and and taking the opportunity. I, I love the fact that you're, because as I, I talk about marketing and I talk about boldness, that do that thing, go do the auction, go do that where they auction you a bachelor auction. You go, this is kind of ridiculous, but what the heck, right? And, and from it comes an endless stream, like an immeasurable amount of success really that could not, that no one would have guessed at. Um, while you step you kept practicing, you kept getting better and better at dentistry. And then it turns into extreme makeover. I mean, all of these things blossom from you stepping up and just going, yeah, why not? And then I want to be, I want to excel. I don't want to be good at this. I, I, I want to master it. I want, I, I want to be better than just great. Um, and, and, that's what I see you do. And I, and you're still practicing dentistry. And I, you know, and I know that behind you, that behind that giant picture, you can't see behind Bill, but there's a giant video screen uh, aquarium. If you're, if you're only listening to this, but behind that is a giant vault where, where there's all this cash, just a ridiculous amount of cash. So he doesn't need to work anymore, but he's still constantly improving himself, making a difference in the world getting better and still showing up and taking care of patients. So, um, but I, but along this way, what were some of the, the interesting blunders, like mistakes, sometimes it's mistakes that turn into successes, but sometimes you've just made the absolute wrong decision. Uh, and, and, uh, cause, cause, a lot of people think, well, sure, Bill just stumbled all the way to the top as opposed to, you know, success, failure, success, failure, you know, along the way. Um, so if, if you can think of some of those things, that always helps people to go, oh, yeah, OK, I, I do that or I did that or I'm still doing that or I that happened to me, too. Um, well, we had some in discus that were a lot more dramatic than the ones in my in my in my dental practice. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of of the success of of discus, I really credit to Robert, who was the brains behind it and and, and the business. You know, I I went and I started taking courses at UCLA extension courses, so I I could understand. You know a lot of, of the financial part of the company that was just not something that was in my wheelhouse. Um, probably our biggest blunder at, at, at Discus um, was <laughs> when we promoted the launch of Day White. You know, Night White had been huge. And, you know, we came up with a formulation to, instead of having to wear night white all night long, we could whiten your teeth overnight, or you can do it during the day for 20 minutes um, with day white. It was a 22% carbon peroxide equivalent gel, which really worked quickly. And we, you know, when you advertise in dentistry today and DPR and all these different things, you need to do your ad buys a few months earlier so we projected our launch date and we spent lots and lots of money and we sold the living daylights out of this stuff. I mean, it was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And our launch date approaches and we have no product. <laughs> and it's a week and it's two weeks and it's three weeks and dentists are getting very edgy and um, they want their money back. And the last thing you want to do in business is give money back, especially when you're, you know, on like a shoestring budget and you just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on advertising and R&D and, and blah, 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 blah. And so we were, we were about three weeks into this and we're starting to get irate phone calls. And something magical happened, Fred. We had one of those epic earthquakes in LA. 
a natural disaster excuse. And then when Dennis would call, well, that just delayed things more, right? So when Dennis called, instead of getting mad at us, we played the earthquake card, which was a real thing. We said, yeah. look, we're, because uh, it did. I mean, even though we were still maybe two weeks away, now they pushed it down another week. And then they felt sorry for us to let us keep our, their money. So, Yeah, okay. So so the, the earth actually does open up for you, Bill. Uh, it that's moved. <laughs> it moved me, Fred. That's, I mean, it's... Uh, and I'm sure, and I, you know, I watched Discus become a very successful business, and 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 it's true, Robert. He, he really was a, a just a very strong businessman, and, a, and just a very good marketer. And it and it. it you want to know the secret? You want to know the secret to Discus? And I've never said this on a podcast or any other show. I'll tell you what our real secret was. When we entered the market. We were up against big companies, you know, especially when Procter and Gamble and all these guys come out. I mean, how do you how do you beat these guys? I'll tell you how you beat them. We were quick and nimble. It was just Robert and I, you know, when you are in a big company like P&G and you want to change anything, you, there's such a line of demand. Right. If Robert and I saw something that wasn't working, trust me, overnight, we did something else. And we were able to beat these guys in their own game because we were quick and nimble and freaking edgy. You wanna know our best trade show ever in the history of trade shows? Which one was this? Because you, you always Chicago. had a phenomenal, phenomenal booth. Chicago, Chicago. midwinter, that's the biggest one, right? Yeah. You know the old saying, ask for forgiveness, not permission? <laughs> yes. Do you know what we did at that show that drove sales? It was the first time ever where we did over a million dollars a day in sales. What did you do? So now I'm hanging on the edge of my seat. I can't remember what happened. So We put a bar in our booth. Oh, yes, of course, which if they don't allow. Right? Well, uh, they don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you something. Robert and I sat down and we strategized. We said, hey, it works in Vegas. Free drinks. Free yeah, drinks. It, it works at IDS, right? In, in, in Europe, that's, it's all, they all got bars and stuff Free like that. drinks, baby. Yeah. When you get dentists liquored up, they buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> and we did over a million dollars a day in sales. And that was a one and done because yeah, after, that, after that, every trade show said no, but there, it was not in the rules. And instead of going to them and saying, hey, what do you think about maybe if we kind of put a bar in our, we didn't ask. We just said, hey, it's not in the rules. It doesn't say we can't. You know, and we carded everybody. They were all legal. So, <laughs> well, you you also saw the opportunity to launch essentially your own trade show, your event, the Extravaganza, which was phenomenal. I mean, think of this: we had <laughs> Bill Cosby in his heyday, Doctor Phil. Um, we had Norman Schwarzkopf. We had Lou Holtz, Donald Trump. In his heyday, I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, this pains me to say this. He was a great speaker. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny Donald Trump story. So um, I was married at the time to Jennifer Murphy, who was on The Apprentice. That was our connection to Donald. And um, about a week before the extravaganza, this is when the, you know, the Apprentice was in its prime. Jennifer and I went and listen to Donald speak at the learning annex to 20,000 people. And literally every sentence, he dropped the F-bomb. And I'm like, oh no, this is not going to be good. And so we had this tradition where we would have a breakfast with our keynote speaker just to kind of enlighten them on the culture of our company in case they didn't do research and didn't know anything. So we're sitting at breakfast with Robert and Donald and I, and 
Uh, I was, and, I was and, just for the record, I was at that breakfast. I actually okay. sat next to Trump at that breakfast. So, oh my or, gosh, I didn't yeah. remember that. Yeah. So, and and his handlers insisted on you calling him Mr. Trump. Remember that? <laughs> yes. So I said, you know, Mr. Trump, um, our dentists are very conservative, and I really don't think that they'll appreciate you, you know, using profanity. He goes, "What do you mean?" I'm like, well, you know, I mean, dropping the F-bomb is not going to go over well. I goes, are you kidding? Everybody loves when I swear. Everybody loves how I present. Everybody loves, like nobody at that table were going to love this. I'm, I'm, and then it, it occurred to me, like my kids were going to be there. I'm like, but Mr. Trump, my, my kids will be there. He goes, kids? Well, how many? I said, there's like 30 kids coming. He goes, well, how old? I said, well, they were like seven to 10. He goes, oh, I I, I can't swear them. Now, just to be safe, <laughs> I seated all 30 kids. Remember this, Fred? In the yep. front row, right in front of his podium, just in case he forgot. And he went out there and he nailed it. Like yeah. he did a, of all these great speakers we had, it pains me to say he did a great job. Yeah. He really did. And he didn't swear once. Yeah, you you taught them how to work clean for the for the first time, which you know eventually you got to as a politician you got to learn to work clean too. But uh, so, what's next for you? What do you what's what's on your horizon? Um, so I had to sign a non compete in whitening when we sold Discus Dental to Zoom or Zoom to uh, Philips, and I was not allowed to do any whitening products. That's expired. Um, so last year, I did a product with a company called FabFitFun. It's a company that makes these gift boxes for women with a bunch of different products in it for them to try. Um, but this year, we're going to be launching two new products that I'm super duper excited about. So you ready? Sure. When we owned Discus, we had a product called breath rx gumballs those little uh, yeah, white yeah 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 i love those now <laughs> problem is i hate coffee i hate it i hate the taste i hate the aftertaste i hate the fact that it stains your teeth i i hate me like i but i love caffeine <laughs> i hate soda but I love caffeine. So what I used to do is take Nodos, those little 200 milligrams, it's supposed to be the equivalent of one cup of coffee, and chew it up with a gumball, right? Because if you chew it, it doesn't taste that good. And if you swallow it, it takes too long to work. Yeah. And I got like a little buzz and it like, it kind of got me going, like when you need that little pick me up. So we're launching buzz balls, <laughs> caffeinated <laughs> chewing gum. Nice. Very yeah, nice. I trademarked the name. Um, ironically, there's an alcoholic drink out now called Buzz Balls, which came in after me. I own the trademark in gum. They own it in alcoholic beverages, but uh, that will launch this year. And the second product that's going to launch, I'm not going to tell you too much about, but in our industry, when you have something that's so cool, that you think it can potentially put everybody else out of business, we call that a category killer. I have a product that I'm launching this year with Bobby from Denmat, who's mm. helping develop it, that is going to be a category killer and take home tooth whitening. And I'm super excited about it. We're working with one of the biggest companies in America. It's called Great Health Works. They, um, they do a product called... Um, Omega XL. Um, it's a billion dollar SKU. They spend north of $30 million a month on, on marketing in infomercials. Um, so we'll, you'll see this um, in infomercials. Um, I've already been approved to do Shark Tank. So um, we, can, we can do that. I'm not sure if I'm going to or not. Um, and then we'll probably do QVC, HSN and the whole thing. So keep your eyes open. Um, when it hits, you'll know it cause it will be everywhere. And, uh, I'm super excited about it. 
Yeah, exciting stuff. It, it's still it feels like you're still at the beginning of your career. Uh, you're you're just adding one more heyday to it, and it, it's 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 fun to to always hear about this because I you know I've I've known you for so long and and watched your your great success and and your uh, generosity that has always been tied to it and and your and your discipline and hard work. You you. Uh, uh, your reputation is well-deserved. Your recognition worldwide is well-deserved. I mean, folks, we are technically listening to the most famous dentist in the world, the most recognized dentist in the world, because in pretty oh, much thanks, in an Engli any English speaking country, uh, the dentists know who you are. And I, I'm hoping to get there. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm like, I'm, Well, I'm, there's an opportunity if you want to invest in my new company, Fresh. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. You know, <laughs> I don't learn lessons. I'm, I'm an idiot. If we know any, no, I'm in whatever the heck it is, but you don't even have to tell me what it is. I'm in. I have, I, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's been, uh, a, a pleasure and an honor to know you and, and, uh, you know, you and I have gotten to spend more time together uh, in in recent years, which is great. Uh, and so I want to thank you for being on. I think everybody who listens to this is really going to benefit from, you know, the, the adventurous career you've had and the dedication that you've experienced. And, uh, you know, in, in, in a year or two, we'll we'll cover this <laughs> the next remarkable thing that you've done. So Thanks, uh, thank you, Bill. Uh, and to to all of those listeners out there, this is the usual. Uh, you know, if you like it, share it. If you really like it, really share it. You share it even if you don't like the podcast. Uh, subscribe to it. And uh, and if you know some remarkable dentist or you think you might be remarkable enough yourself, uh, nominate yourself to be on this episode. But you know, Bill set the bar kind of high today. So, and I'll tell you something. Uh, even though. You know, I do have a lot of followers on Instagram. I actually answer all my DMs. So if anybody wants to reach me directly, um, just go to Dr. Dr. Bill, Bill Dorfman, um, Dr. Bill Dorfman on Instagram. And I promise I will answer. And um, Fred, thank you for the opportunity. We have had a lot of history, a lot of great times. Orange Susie. I mean, we, we've done some really epic things in my life. And You've been a, a, a really great friend, a great supporter, and um, thank you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, and to everyone else listening, keep on becoming remarkable. Remarkable.